Welcome to Jesus Has Left the Building, where we hear from guests all over the country who have been engaging in creative, bold, and fluid outside the box, I mean outside the church building ministry, that has inspired us to think outside the box and outside the church building too. This is the Jesus Has Left the Building podcast, where ministers, activists, scholars, authors, liturgy makers, where God's beloved community has left the building too, with Marta and Mandy. Hello, Jesus Has Left the Building listeners. We are excited to share with you the next two episodes we will have for you are um, two different guests who are doing some work with the Wild Goose Festival. We had um, a conversation with Tim, who is does all kinds of things for the Wild Goose Festival. And that festival is coming up in the middle of July. And so our next two episodes will feature people who are sharing their work at the Wild Goose Festival. And today we have Kimberly Knight. And I love this on her bio, she is called the Chief Shenanigator for her organization, Wildwood Wisdom. She's an expat living in the Netherlands and does some really cool outdoor um, ministry, which clearly, um, you know, encompasses our idea of taking Jesus outside of the building, um, quite literally in her case. So Kimberly, we're so excited to have you with us today. Um, Why don't you just start by talking to us a little bit about Wildwood Wisdom, how it came about, kind of your origin story, how you got where you are doing what you're doing. Sure will. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, Mandy and Marta, for having me on today. I really appreciate the chance to to get to know you better and share a little bit about what I'm doing. Um, I am currently living in the Netherlands where I moved, gosh, this uh, July, it'll be seven years ago that we moved here. And um, originally born and raised in Atlanta, I had not left the country for anything longer than a week or so until I was in my 40s. And um, my wife and I, uh, a fateful night in November of 2016, Um, we decided to make the jump over here. Um, She had worked in international schools uh, prior to me meeting her. And so she made some phone calls, sent out some emails and looked for some openings abroad. And it turned out that um, there was an opening at the American School of The Hague. She applied and here we are. And when I got here... Oh, thank you. It's, it's, a, it's been a very wild journey and um, just learning to um, regrow my roots in a new place has really led me down this path of uh, nature therapy um, and how that is integrated with and nourishes my faith. Um, it, it is through the land that I really found my place here. Um, my Nederlands is still niet so good. Um, my Dutch is not so good. And so um, it, culturally, um, as an immigrant, as an international resident here, um, just so vastly different than the way I was raised, um, but so lovely and free and open and safe in a way that I 
did not expect perhaps. Mm. Um, and I have been working at the, uh, at the school. Um, my wife was hired as a teacher. Uh, a little while after we got here, I was hired to work there as well in an administrative capacity. But my background is in um, ministry and in digital strategy. It's two very bizarre strands that have come together. Um, I graduated from Candler School of Theology at Emory University, right after which I jumped into doing um, digital strategy and online community building for the Beatitudes Society. And weaving those two things together, I was able to help equip progressive clergy around the country, um, connect with one another, not only just in their ministry and their activism, but also for um, helping them with social media. Fast forward to over here, um, working at a desk, working at a school, lovely experience, but wasn't, you know, it's not my calling. It's not my way or my path. And um, started exploring ways to get Jesus out of the building. Um, started a small fellowship over here that we called Sojourners Fellowship, not at all connected to Sojo. Um, but the notion of um, all, the, all of us are travelers here in this land, and it was a place to come together and pause for a moment. And it was folks from a variety of backgrounds, uh, different faiths, no faith, um, different traditions altogether. And we were meeting in a little bar and an activist, uh, well, squats, really the only, only thing you call it. And um, then the pandemic hit and we couldn't meet inside anymore. And um, we began going outside and I was just called more and more and more to be outdoors. And I found the Association of Nature and Forest Therapy Guides or the ANFT and began my certification path down that route. And now I take folks on forest bathing walks here in the old forest of Europe, um, in the Netherlands, in Germany, in France. I've had some lovely, um, in Belgium, and um, want to start, well, not want to start, I will be bringing this back to uh, the United States this coming fall for a couple of different events, um, including a wild church Sunday, a convocation at the BTS Center, and then a retreat in October. So that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. Yeah. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about like, so when you gather can you give some specifics? Like, um, does it have a format like, like a church service? Is it more of like a community gathering? Like, is there an opening prayer? Is there a meditation? Like, what does the, like, and I've used air quotes, the liturgy of your time look like? That's a great question. Thank you so much. Now I'm really leaning into the practice of, of forest bathing as it's understood, um, inspired um, by the practice that came out of Japan, but has been reinterpreted in Western context, um, specifically through the ANFT. And so what I call the liturgy of the forest really follows the standard sequence of a forest bathing walk, where we will begin mm. to gather, um, get to know the land, get to know one another, and then um, begin walking. We may go less than a kilometer in two and a half hours and really slowing down and getting into our bodies and in touch with the natural world of which we are all a part. 
and encountering thin places and sacred spaces um, on a very intentional walk that includes being uh, fully present to the forest, slowing down, um, listening, touching, looking, tasting, you know, all the things that connect us more deeply um, with the with creation. Um, we will finish these times um, with uh, a tea, which is uh, a version of our communion. It is tea and it is snacks. And we are literally incorporating, much like communion, but incorporating the forest or the natural world. Um, and in my understanding is also, you know, if we talk about Jesus is leaving the building, I believe that God permeates all of creation and all forms of God create, uh, permeate all of creation. And so even in the tea and in um, the biscuits that we will enjoy in the forest, that is our communion. I love what you've done because it feels like in some ways, like a step one to like faith formation in some ways. Um, it feels like the very first thing that we all need to be doing. We had this um, guest on a few months ago that was that is doing anti-racism work. And I think Mandy, correct me if I'm wrong, she talked about, it was um, Chris Watson. And she talked about um, how one of the first things they even do in anti-racism work is figuring out how to connect to creation. And so, you know, as I listen to you, like you're doing the very formative stuff that most of us just skip right on. Like we don't even, we don't even do it. We don't even engage um, because we're so caught up in contemporary modern 21st century um, capitalist America. And um, so we don't even get to that, that, that dirty place um, mm -hmm. of, of, of deepening into creation in that way. So I, I really appreciate, you know, when I looked at your website, like, I was like, Oh, my gosh, I'm so tired. And just looking at it makes me like rest in some ways. Thank you. And, you know, I, I appreciate that awareness of what it is I'm at least trying to offer the world, right? Um, and you, folks, especially at Wild Goose, and folks um, in a lot of our circles are talking a lot about deconstruction, right? Or talking about being lost in the wilderness. Um, where I'm talking about rewilding and being found in the wilderness. And I'm not trying to get out of the wild. I'm trying to get more deeply into the wild. So mm -hmm. I am, um, we, you know, our faith, our religions, our human experience has been domesticated, mm -hmm. domesticated by powers and principalities, by the government, by capitalism, yeah. even by our churches and by taking it outside, right? And trusting our bodies and trusting our hearts and trusting that connection myself to the natural world to another person and to however we understand the divine right that for me is what the rewilding looks like yeah that's that, that's a great way to put it you know mandy and i we really wanted to go to the festival this year this is um so we you know jesus has left the building sponsored at the event and we were hoping to get our ourselves there and i moved in the last six mm -hmm. months to a different town and Mandy has moved in the last year and, and then she had a whole issue 
with her knee. Yeah, and my meniscus. So I'm two weeks out of surgery. It's really good that we did not buy those tickets because yes. there's no way. There's so no way we wish we could see you in person. Um, but how did you? Are you not going to be there in person? Actually, I'm not. I'm also sponsoring from afar. <laughs> so okay. the, the retreat that I am leading with um, my co-shenanigator, Rachel Pinto in Arkansas, we are, we are one of the sponsors of Wild Goose. Um, yeah. I have been to Wild Goose as a speaker a um, long time ago, you know, 20, gosh, so seminary wow. was done for me in 2009. And so I think I spoke in 14, maybe 15. I know I'm there on the, I'm still on the website in 2016. And so I was doing a lot of work around the intersection of being queer and Christian. Mm -hmm. Um, And not at that point, I was not in um, this particular segment of my my journey in this uh, uh, connecting the wild world with uh, a wild faith. Um, but the wild goose has been incredibly formative for me. Actually, my very first goose, I met, uh, Tim, uh, Tim and Jan, uh, and I guess you had Tim on just recently mm-hmm. and Tim has become honestly like family to me. Um, my, my, my daughter lives in, uh, Atlanta and will sometimes um, head down to Florida. And when she goes through, she'll stop and say hello to, to Tim and Jan and, um, just such a powerful community that embraces openness and questions and seeking and loving one another, right. And having hard conversations and nourishing conversations, and so it's always my honor to be able to support them however I can, um, sometimes with money, sometimes with, you know, posting wildly, go, 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 everyone must go. It, it's such a beautiful community to be a part of. How did you get connected with them and to begin with? Oh, golly, I submitted to be a co-creator that very first year and was accepted. And I hosted a panel discussion on sexuality. Mm. Um, and I rolled up there in my, my little caravan by myself. And um, it was, had a terrible time parking. Mm-hmm. Um, Tim and I will have, a, have a, a pretty funny joke about that. I was trying to back my, my little camper and it was a little uh, 1950s, you know, canned ham kind of situation. And I was having a terrible time parking. Well, he knew I was coming. He had been following my blog for a little while. And as he sees me backing up, he comes over and asks if he can help. He said, that's about the worst lesbian parking job I've ever seen. I love it so much. He was right. He was absolutely right. Um, and had just, it, it, when I was in the States, we went back whenever we could. Um, my wife and I, our first date, we had met online. And I, as we're talking and getting to know one, I said, Hey, so I'm going to be speaking at this. Well, I, it's sort of like Jesus meets Woodstock or Burning Man. Exactly. Situation. You want to go camping with me? And she's like, okay. And she's a practicing Buddhist. So I pick her up from the airport in a U-Haul pickup truck. We'll just let that lay there. If you know, you know. Yes, you do. and we went to wild goose for our first date and then the next year when we went back to wild goose she proposed to me at wild goose 
Oh, that's a lovely story. I love that. So, good. so great. So I'm just curious, like, um, you know, there's this interesting, Marta, you were talking about, um, you know, this being sort of this um, connecting with creation and with nature as this like initial part of faith formation. And you're right, it was um, Chris Watson who was talking about that within her own um, anti-racism work and the work that she does with others. And then I also like, there's this part of my brain that goes to, right, and then there are these people who are deconstructing and they don't go to church anymore, um, but the place where they find God is outside. And so on Sunday mornings, they go for a hike or whatever, you know, the, those stories abound. And I, like, I'm just imagining this circle, you know, like we imagine these spectrums as, as straight lines, but so often like the circle comes back around and that beginning and end touch in the same kind of place. Um, I, I'm wondering, Kimberly, if you like have any stories of, you know, transcendent moments that you or the people that you guide um, have experienced or shared with you of connecting in with the divine um, in these experiences that you're providing. Yeah, absolutely. So many beautiful little, just little sparkly moments, right? Tender moments. I, I call them moments that land and bloom in your heart. Mm-hmm. like a like a dandelion seed that just floats in and all of a sudden it blooms and and witnessing folks that go from this purpose-driven walk down a forest path to like watching their body just relax and slow down and ask me if it's okay to touch a tree <laughs> because they don't even know that they're allowed to do that um to by the end of the walk people just weeping and hugging a tree and saying this reminds me of the tree that was um, in my family yard that my father loved and I really felt my dad's presence and he passed last year or um, one young woman um, who was walking with me um, we ended up walking on Mother's Day which also was her birthday and she had been estranged from her mother Um, for religious reasons because this young woman is gay and she just had a she said she felt both compassion for her mother but she felt loved and held um, and didn't feel so estranged from her own faith because she just felt she could trust who she was and that nature also embraced and trusted her right she felt totally accepted in that space and that was just so powerful. And I, you know, we'll, we'll say in, our, in the guiding world that the forest has your back, that, you know, trust the forest, the forest has your back. Um, and over and over again, things have happened in my life because I just keep trusting the natural world in ways that I can't even truly articulate. Um, walking once on a path in Ireland because magical things happen in Ireland. Um, I'm actually out, I take a lot of solo trips so that I can um, reconnect because when I'm guiding, when I'm holding the sacred spaces, it's not necessarily as easy for me to connect, mm-hmm. but I was on a, a walk um, on my own in Ireland and I, and I come around a corner and you know, I'm letting go of the fear of being a woman walking alone in, in the world um, and around a corner and there is an 
there's no other way to say it, an old woman sitting on a boulder off the path, just sitting there and meditating. And I, I, she was real. We spoke, we waved, but there was just this moment of like the world. Yes. And the divine speaking to me saying, it's okay. You know, you, it, it, it is good and it is right for you to be out here alone and be in touch with the world. And here's this, this, this guardian, or here's this one other person, an uh, older woman, you know, also spending time alone, totally free, totally safe. Um, and I went on my way. And when I came back, she wasn't there anymore. It was just something so, 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 so beautiful. Um, I do have a story I'd love to tell, but I know we're going to run out of time. Um, just when I was um, in the final stage of being certified as a nature, th nature therapy guy, um, our immersion was in the forest of Portugal in Sintra. And when I stepped out into the forest, and when I first got there, I, and I had this, this quiet, uh, the silent request of the, the natural world around me um, for the trees to ordain me, right? You know, give me permission to invite people into these sacred spaces. Um, and then I left it there completely silent, didn't speak at another time. And at the end of the, of the immersion, um, as we're getting ready to all part ways out of the room where we had met for our final you know, debrief and fill out the evaluation forms, one woman comes over and says, can I hug you? And then all of a sudden, all the guides come in together into the middle and I'm standing in the center of this circle and everyone is just that we form a giant hug and there's this hum that goes and it occurred to me that it felt like a laying on of hands right and it was such an incredibly powerful moment that I felt completely accepted and ordained to be mm. a part of this world and in a way mm -hmm. that I after I spoke it into my heart I didn't even speak it again to anyone. It was a very powerful moment. Mm. I have one more question. Um, when, um, when you gather, so I know that you have like regular gatherings in your location, um, like on a weekly basis, um, right? Is that correct? We are now meeting once a month rather than okay. every week. Um, it, 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 we have found that the pattern of, of gathering here um, to get folks to come on a more regular basis um, that the the weekly gatherings were not working. And so um, there's a little park um, that I go and I meet with folks um, on uh, once a month. And um, it's we have folks that come from a lot of different traditions, folks who come one time, who come many times. Um, and when I say many different traditions, I mean, um, there will be, because Leiden University, I live in Leiden in the Netherlands, um, and Leiden University attracts people from all over the world. Um, mm -hmm. and there are men and women who come from other religions to spend time with us on, on our Sundays, which is just really, really beautiful. And so when you have your retreat, is it camping? Ah, no, no, I camp, but the, the retreat that, uh, so this one that we're hosting in Little Rock, Arkansas, October 6th through 8th. Um, it's called Our Sacred Nature Retreat, and it is um, at a proper retreat center. It's actually at a Presbyterian camp that will be um, in, in the fall or an off season, it's used more as a retreat center. Mm -hmm. And it's, um, ho it's hotel style rooms or there can be camping. We have made room for that so that it can be a little more 
economically equitable for folks if they want to camp um, they can they can do that but there you can come and stay in a luxurious room all your meals are taken care of where the wild goose is you know it's camping it's self-catering it, right some folks stay in hotel rooms but I, you know that's never been my way it was always right down in the mud for for me when I was there nice nice Awesome. Oh my gosh, your work sounds, it sounds so beautiful and so great. And I'm so glad we got to hear your story and get to share it with the world. Uh, it is, it's really awesome. Well, thank you so, so, so much. I really appreciate the invitation. And, you know, I hope I have a chance to you know meet you in person someday, go for a walk, go for maybe go camping. Is your um, October retreat fill, filled? No, it is not filled yet. So it's called, if you go to oursacrednature.com, um, that's the website where you can find it. It's, it's, it's getting there. We have more sponsors have come on board, more folks are registering. And so it, it might fill up soon. So we're, we're excited. We're very, very excited. So Rachel Pinto is my co, um, co collaborator, my collaborator in that. That's great. Well, um, <laughs> I love it. Well, um, link to that website and to your website and our show notes. You can always find more information about our guests at jhltv.com. And um, we are so excited to hear more from you, Kimberly. This has been a great connection and it's fun to be um, sponsors of the Wild Goose Festival mm -hmm. from, uh, from afar. And hopefully someday we will be together in the same space to meet face to face. That would be wonderful. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you. If you like what you heard, please give the podcast a five-star rating and review. Also consider supporting the podcast at patreon.com backslash JHLTB. This podcast is made possible by the Rocky Mountain Conference of the United Church of Christ Tributary Fund. Find us on Facebook and Instagram and message us to learn how you can be part of this effort to tell stories, have conversations, build relationships, and follow Jesus out of the church and into the world.